to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Okay, so we're in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 7. We'll just get right into this. And uh, it says, He summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. So here we have Jesus. He, he's gathering his disciples. He, he invites them. He's like, hey, hey, come in here, guys. Okay. So he, he gathers the 12, uh, and then he, he sends them out. Okay. He is sending them out as his representatives, uh, his ambassadors. He sends them out on this like little mission trip. And Jesus He's, he's rabbi, he's, he's teacher, he's master, and he's been training these, these guys, uh, discipleship, right? Jesus has been investing into these 12 men, these 12 disciples. Uh, he's been training them, and he's like, okay, now it's the time, like, like, I'm still here, I'm still coach, I'm still teacher, but I'm sending you out. Uh, go do what I do. You have seen me do what I do. You've heard me teach. You, 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 have, you have experienced how I do ministry. Okay, guys. Okay, 12. Go out. Go do what I do. So Jesus, he sends them out, and he sends them out in pairs, okay, two by two. For anybody who's uh, done anything in ministry by themselves, uh, sometimes like, like that, that is just, I don't want to say it's the worst, but it's like sometimes there are things in ministry when you're all by yourself and you're like the only person doing it. You're like, man, like I just really wish somebody else was here. You know, uh, this is this is wisdom. You know, Jesus doesn't send send them out all by themselves. He sends them out two by two. In Ecclesiastes four nine to ten, it says that two are better than one. If one falls down, the other can help. Uh, help the other one up. So uh, this is this is the strategy. This is the plan. He sends them out two by two. Um, if if one guy you know starts to speak and then kind of loses his his words, loses his train of thought, then the other one can can pick up and it can be like the one two punch kind of thing. So Jesus sends out his disciples two by two. And he gives them authority over unclean spirits. And so this is this is quite incredible. But you know Jesus Jesus has the authority, the authority of Christ is bestowed to uh, to the disciples. Hey, just go go tackle the, the demonic. Go do this. Like, go kick butt against the evil that's in this, this world. You have the authority, disciples. Go out. You represent me. You, you represent the kingdom, the Father's kingdom. Go you're being sent out two by two. You have authority over unclean spirits. In verse eight, it says, he instructed them to take nothing for the road except a staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and to not put on an extra shirt. So these are very specific instructions. This is a stripped down ministry assignment. Um, no no self-sufficiency here, okay? Like, Jesus is like, you guys are going out. Like, you're not going to have barely anything with you, okay? 
you're being sent out. I want you to rely on God, okay? Because if Jesus was like, hey, okay, I'm sending, sending you out, but go get, go get the fancy camper with the air conditioning and, and uh, make sure you have plenty of food and, and make sure you have like tons of cash with you and just go on and, and head out. And, you know, uh, that, that's not what Jesus says. He's like, go out, like take nothing except a staff. Don't take bread, no extra bag, you know, like don't, no money, just go and rely on God. Go and just rely on God. Verse 10, he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that place. If any place does not welcome you or listen to you, when you leave there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So if the house takes you in, that's great. You are exactly where you need to be. But if they reject you, Jesus is saying, move on. This is ministry strategy right here, okay? Now let's, let's talk about this, this expression, shake off the dust. So really strict and religious Jews, they would shake off the foreign dirt, the Gentile dirt from their feet when they would cross the border. After traveling through Gentile territory, they would shake off the dust of their feet. They're like, I'm not bringing that, that Gentile dirt into Jewish territory. They would shake off the dust of their feet. It's a symbolic expression. It's kind of like saying also, like, I'm washing my hands of this. And sometimes in ministry, we get rejected, okay? We get hurt. It can be emotional. But here's the thing, if the peace is not there, it's okay to walk away. Maybe not forever, but you gotta move on. You still root for their story, but if the person you're ministering to or the household you're trying to reach, if there is no peace, if, if there's no uh, welcome, <clears throat> if the peace is not there, it's so okay to move on. And you gotta shake off the dust. You gotta shake off the dust and move on. And again, Jesus is training his disciples and he's letting them know, hey, you're not going to be accepted by everyone. You're going to need to know what to do if, if somebody rejects you or doesn't welcome you. Okay. What happens if the household rejects us? Well, now we know Jesus says, move on. Okay. Shake off the dust and move on. All of this is discipleship strategy and it's strategy for us too. Find a person of peace. Find a household of peace. If somebody, uh, if somebody is, is welcoming you, if somebody is leaning into you, that is a great sign that you are exactly where you need to be. The Holy Spirit is already there, opening up some doors for you. Find a person of peace. Find a household of peace. Uh, if you're welcomed, you're exactly where you need to be. Let's check out verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. Okay? So uh, they're, they're, they're sent out. They, they go. They, they went out. So they are missionaries. They are representatives, ambassadors of Jesus and his kingdom. They represent this man, Jesus. And they are heralds of the kingdom, of what Jesus taught. They preached that they should repent. Okay, verse 12 is a, a rather simple sentence. Like, 
They went out and preached that people should repent. Repentance is uh, the change in heart and mind that leads to a change in behavior. It's like, hey, you guys are going this way. God wants you to go this way. Okay? Um, that's what they're preaching. And keep in mind, you know, these guys, uh, you know, for, for, for those that we do know about them, you know, they're fishermen. Like one guy's a tax collector. One guy, um, you know, is, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, like these guys are not uh, trained uh, preachers and, and heralds, you know, they're, they're just guys. So uh, they're also learning how to articulate uh, their faith and their testimony. They're, they're learning how to preach. Uh, specifically, they're learning how to preach for repentance, right? Verse 13, they drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil, and healed them. Okay, so this is pretty incredible stuff. Um, they're, they're doing the things. Um, they're, they're going out two by two, they're preaching, they're healing, they're doing exorcisms, they're anointing people with, with oil. Anointing people with oil is an outward sign showing that you wish to heal. That's one of the, one of the meanings behind the anointing of, of oil. So the disciples, they're out, they're modeling their rabbi, they go out two by two, they teach what Jesus taught. You know, did they make mistakes? Most likely, right? They're they're learning. This is this is the like, like this is a this is a hardcore learning lesson for them. All right, they're out and about. They're preaching, doing exorcisms and healings. They they had hands on ministry experience. This is an an immersive mission trip. Okay, Jesus sends them out. He's like, okay, it's time to go jump in the deep end. But you're not going to stay out there for super long. You are going to come back as as well. And so, yeah, we, we don't know how long they were out. We don't know who was paired with who. Uh, but at some point, they do come back. In Mark chapter 6, jumping down to verse 30 here, verse 30 says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. So they, they all come back. They come back to Jesus and, and they're telling Jesus everything that, that happened. They're reporting to Jesus. They're like, hey, we were in this town and, uh, you know, we were accepted and they gave us food and water and we preached and there was, there was a person who was sick and we prayed for them and, and we, we were healing them. And then, you know, we were over here and we were, you know, somebody asked us about Ezekiel and, and, and like, like, this is how we handled the, that our answer, this is what we said, what do you think, Jesus, did we get it right? Or, you know, somebody was, was asking us about, uh, you know, this, and, you know, like, they were there coming back, and they were, they were just all, all about telling Jesus about their trip, everything that they, 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 they had done, everything that they taught, um, they're coming back and reporting what, what they're doing. And again, this is, this is important for us to pay attention to, that, um, yes, it's, it's good to circle up in ministry and church life and to report to one another, hey, this is what I've been up to or this is what we've been up to as a church or a small group or this is what my family, this is how my family has been ministering to our, our neighborhood. Um, it's good to circle up and report what's going on so that we can learn from each other, so that we can encourage one another. Maybe we actually do run into some hangups out 
out and about and we need help. It's like, oh man, like there's this really difficult situation. I need some help to kind of think through this here. You know, it's it's really good to circle up and talk and, and, and hash things out in a group. And this is what they do. This is what Jesus does with, with his disciples. It's really cool stuff. And now, verse 31. This is actually our key verse for today. <clears throat> All of that was just kind of leading up uh, to what we're getting into today. Verse 31 uh, Jesus says to them, come away by yourselves to a, re a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Verse 32, so they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. So Jesus gives them the invitation. He invites the disciples, hey, hey guys, come away with me. Just you, okay? Just you, just us, small group trip, just the bros hanging out. Let's go to a remote place. And Jesus specifically, he wants to go to an isolated, uninhabited, remote place. No people, no culture, wild or wilderness really captures the idea here. And so after this immersive learning experience, Jesus has another lesson for them. A very important lesson. It's this. It's okay to break away from life and rest. And Jesus, he wants to take them to the wilds, where the only noise is nature. No crowds, no deadlines, no grocery lists, no mail, no bills to pay, no homework, no phone calls, no yard work, no laundry. Let's go to the wild place. Let's go, let's break away, let's head out to the wilds. Let's, let's go to the isolated place. Out on the, the West Coast, in between Los Angeles and Las Vegas on Interstate 15, in the middle of nowhere, okay, uh, is this little town called Yermo, California. Yermo, California. Yermo is the Spanish word for wilderness or wasteland, barren. And so I looked up Yermo on Google Maps, and it really is desolate. It's Mojave Desert all the way around. There's very, like very much so, there's nothing going on. It is just desert in all directions. And really, you know, like Yermo is basically the little town that you stop and pee uh, <laughs> on your way to, to Las Vegas uh, or Los Angeles. Like, like it's just, it's just... It's just little town in the middle of the desert. And, and, and also, on Google Maps, right next to the town, uh, you'll see there is a rattlesnake habitat area. Like, clearly, this is a place where not too many humans live because, like, who wants to live next to a habitat, like, wild area for, for rattlesnakes? Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's Yermo. But here's the thing, if Jesus and, and the disciples were on the West Coast, Yermo perhaps is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is like, hey, let's go to Yermo. Let's go to Yermo and, and break away and, and get some, some rest. And so here's a lesson, a lesson point about the type of getaway and rest that we're talking about. Yermo, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you don't go to Yermo to stay. 
All right, you, you don't go to the wilds to stay, but to break away. Sometimes we need to get away. We need to have that, that clean break, that, that clean break to get away, pray, learn, refine, maybe get tested. Sometimes the wilds are for testing. And simply just, just find some rest. In the Russian Orthodox Church, there's a tradition called Pustinia. Pustinia. And it's where they build uh, tiny cabins in the wilderness. And I don't know if you've ever seen like the tiny house shows on, on TV, but that's kind of like what they do. Pustinia, it's this tradition. They, they, they go, uh, they have these tiny cabins in the woods, in the wilds for retreat, fasting, praying, resting, just to be in the presence of God. You know, ultimately, Jesus is inviting his disciples, hey, come and get away. Come and rest. Come, let's go to the wilds. Let's go to nature. Let's rest. And the purpose behind the idea of rest here, the purpose of this rest is to gain relief and refreshment. And Jesus honestly wants his disciples to get relief. You guys have just gone out two by two. You've done the thing like, like that was, that was intense. That was a ministry intensive, but now, now it's time to rest. Get relief by the action of rest. Let's go to the wilds. Let's go be in nature. Let's go unplug, unwind, exhale. Let's go rest. But it's not a time without, it's a time with Jesus. Jesus himself got away. We see that he would, Jesus would break away by himself and just go on a mountainside and pray. He modeled this and he encouraged his disciples, his apostles, to do this as well. And an action step for us as we model Jesus today, we are, uh, the, it's the continuation of, of being disciples. We are still disciples of Jesus today. Uh, our action step is to be purposeful with our rest. And I know there's different types of rest, okay? And, and we're not talking about like having a day off. We're talking about that specific rest time, being intentional, with our breakaway. To break away from the grind of life and to just go to the quiet place and rest. Okay? And it doesn't have to be like, well, if you're like, I'm allergic to everything in the the woods. I don't want to go to the woods. The the space doesn't actually matter. This might be um, your den, your, your chair. It might be your back porch. It might be down around the block at a park sitting on a on a park bench or something like that, okay? But uh, it, it might be out on a boat somewhere. Maybe you like to go fishing. I, like, like, the where doesn't matter. But, but what does matter is the intentionality, the, the purpose of actually breaking away from life, giving yourself permission to step away, and finding, finding that, that quiet space. And a big point about the type of rest that we're talking about today is that it is a rest that is not bound by circumstance. A rest where you can, you can let your armor down. There's no image to maintain. 
You can be true to yourself. You can be true to God. You can just soak up his, his presence. The aim is to break away. No distractions. Hear the voice of the Father. Quiet yourself down. Be still. No need to hide. No need to work hard to earn grace. No need to search for love. It's where we, we purposely choose to be still and we sit or we fish or we, or we hike. But, but we're, just, we're just being, just being in the presence of God. And we listen to what he's saying to us. We listen to what he's saying to us. Sadly, too many times in my life, I've been too busy or burdened to hear the voice of the Father. Because it's, it's either the, the voice of the world, the voice of evil, the voice of the old nature, the voice of confusion. And, you know, it's just all this noise and, and busyness and, and distraction. And I miss out uh, on what God is speaking to me, what God is singing over me. I miss out that, that God calls me son, that God calls me beloved. I miss out on how he sees me, that, that I have worth, that I have value. You know, um, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, like, I, I struggle with, like, this internal legalism, okay? Sometimes I sit down with my devotions, and I just, I feel like there is, like, this, um, there's this harsh uh, do-don't-do type of mentality, or, like, it's like like God is an editor and he's trying to find all the typos in my life. And, and sometimes like it's like I, I, did, I, I bring this, this legalism or this perfectionism into my devotional life. And it's just it's hard. But let me tell you, you know, like the other day, like I was just kind of like wrestling with this. And all of a sudden it was just like, like, what if God's like, no, Cameron, like I'm actually like super proud of you with like who you are and all of your accomplishments and and just just who you are I'm proud of you Cameron you know uh, and it was just like this like this this relief was was this relief came you know like like the burden or like whatever I was feeling it's kind of hard to explain but I was feeling something but then it was just like God just like spoke into my life and it was like Cameron I'm proud of you you know it's like God isn't this editor trying to look for typos god is creator and he he looks at us with love and he's like hey i see all the beauty in you i love you i have i have grace for you and you know what i have a good story to tell i have good news to to point you to it's not this editor trying to find all these typos and mistakes and 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 you know hit my knuckles with a ruler like that's like it's like no Jesus already took that for us, like, like on the cross, like, like God has already taken care of all of the, all of the editing, all of the, the restructuring, you know, now and it's like on this side of the cross, it's like, there's, there's grace and there's love and, and, and God looks at us and he sees Christ in us. And he's like, I love you. You're my son. You're beloved. Uh, you, you like, I, 
I see you. I see the beauty in you. And God's like, I already know all your mistakes. I already know all your typos. But I'm creator. And I, I see the beauty in you. And I want to I wanna redirect you onto, onto the good the good story. You know, I wanna I wanna redirect you, redirect you on on the right path. And it's like like that's the it's like that's our devotional life, is that we're we're always discipling and, and speaking the gospel to ourselves. And and that's the devotional life, is that yeah, God is always re- redirecting us to the right path, the good path. God God is telling our story. There's more more pages to be written, and, and God has this beautiful story, and he's like, hey, yeah. Like I already know, like a couple pages back, there's mistakes. I I know how how many typos there are in your life, but God's like, I'm still writing the story. I'm still writing the story, and God's like, Cameron, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm proud of you. Just keep like, yeah, like we're doing the thing. There's grace and forgiveness. There's there's peace. There's love. There's joy. There's there's this new life. There's there's resurrected life. There's empowered life. It's like, oh yeah, like this is a beautiful story and it's still being written, right? Too many times though, to kind of circle back, (laughs) too many times though, busyness or burdens or stress or just like, just stupid amounts of guilt or shame get in the way, like in my head space and, and it's just, it's dumb. It's dumb, and, and 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 the thing is, God's already like I've I've given you a pattern to follow, Cameron. If you would, if, Cameron, break away, take take a few moments, find that quiet spot, and God's like, I want to speak over you. I want to speak into your life. And so, church, we need to be purposeful. I need to be purposeful. We like we're all in this together. Like we need to be purposeful with breaking away. And having that time with Jesus. You know what? And that means that means being in touch with our rhythms, the rhythms of our lives. It's good to have daily rhythms, right? Bible time, prayer, devotions, verse of the day, right? Like, like practicing gratitude and contentment each day. For myself, I find the morning like like some of the best times to do this. Later in the day, like, like sometimes I use my walk with Nora or Labrador, um, you know, or I'll go on a jog and I'll, you know, it's like, that's my time to pray. That's my time to have some quiet time with, with, with God. Now that it is, you know, the end of May and it's getting nicer, um, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, just sit in the backyard or go down to the park or just plan some extra time in, in your week or in your day if you can, you know, just to break away and enjoy God in nature. Get away for just a little bit. Break away from the noise on a daily on a daily level. It's it's so important. But there's also weekly rhythms. And as we mentioned, you know, God has given us the Sabbath rhythm, you know, take take a day, one day a week. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath at a weekly tempo. Take take a day to worship, pray, relax, rest, do things that fill you up. There's monthly rhythms with Jesus. What opportunities for recovery and restoration do you have with Jesus on a monthly basis?
basis. And I, I think, you know, on a daily, on a daily level, it's kind of easy to kind of figure out what's, what's needed, you know, devotional time, prayer time, quiet time, things like that. But once we get to like the monthly level, uh, we, we kind of have to be more creative. And I think we, we need to, you know, we need to sit down and think, set some time aside, really plan out some activities, make plans of, okay, this is how I'm going to use my gifts and skills, my generosity this month. These, this is the book that I want to read this month. Um, I'm going to touch base with an old friend on, you know, once a month. I'm going to volunteer at church. You know, like this is what I have on my monthly rhythm. There's quarterly rhythms as well. It's good to just check in with your goals. Once a quarter, check in with your goals, your budget whatever the case may be, take a day trip to an inspirational place, you know, something like that. And of course, there's yearly rhythms as, as well. The Old Testament is filled with yearly feasts and festivals. And, you know, God, God likes to celebrate. You know, he gave Israel so many festivals. So enjoy holidays, birthdays, celebrations, vacation, the beach, go camping, Go eat a cheese, a, a cheesecake, a cheese steak. Uh, you know, just just enjoy. You know, maybe like that, like that once a year splurge. It's okay. Like, go for it. Enjoy it. You know, eat that cheese steak with Jesus. <laughs> Life is filled with people. Life is filled with situations and circumstances that come and go. That that come and go. And like the disciples, sometimes we don't even have a chance to eat. We are burdened, we're stressed out, we've been going non-stop, we're ready for a break. And you know what? Jesus says, it's okay to take a break. So what is Jesus saying to you today? What rhythms in your life do you need to, to, to reset? Are you resting well? Are you sleeping well? Where is your wild place, whether it's at home, in the neighborhood, out in nature, out on a boat somewhere, a dock somewhere, a beach somewhere. Where is your wild place? Where and how and when can you break away with Jesus? What does that look like for your own life? Jesus has so much grace for you, so much love, God wants God the Father wants to speak his his words of identity over you. He loves you. He wants to he wants to scatter the the dark clouds of guilt and shame and regret and and legalism and law and and just all the all the stupid stuff that gets in our head, right? God wants to speak over that, spread it out, displace it. He just wants to drop his love, his grace. He wants to write your story. He wants, to, he wants to sing over you. He wants to share his dreams with you. He wants to just be with you. Where do you break away with Jesus? When, how, how do you get there? You're invited to, to think about all these things. And so I just encourage you, church, to break away with Jesus. Sit in the wonder of his love and grace. Let your soul have a chance to, to breathe let your soul have a chance to just breathe and sing, How Great is My God. 
how great is my Jesus. We're going to end today. Here's our words of benediction uh, from the message paraphrase from Matthew 11. Church, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. God bless, church. Have a great week.